Riker to Captain Picard. Go ahead, number one. May I see you in the observation lounge, sir? I'll be right there. This seems to be some kind of meeting place. Some kind of meeting. Some 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 kind of meeting place. Could you want it? Might be doesn't it? I don't think they're going to let us in, Artu. We'd better go. Maybe we better talk out here. The observation line just turned into a swamp. Artu, wait! Oh dear. Artu! Artu, I really don't think we should rush into all this. Oh! Artu! This is the Observation Lounge for the week of December 1st, 2012. Jet-setting Bond Nazi killer. I'm Greg Harbin. With me today is my, my regular-ish co-host, not co-host, Drew Stewart, coming to us from Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome, Drew. Hey, Greg. It's good to be back. And for the very first time on a Trek FM podcast, and possibly podcast in general, from Nashua, New Hampshire, it is Catherine Bryan. Hello, Greg. Thank you. It is my first. Be gentle. <laughs> Welcome to both of you. Very glad to have you here. <laughs> We're basically, you know, the Observation Lounge is the show where we talk about nerdy stuff from the week. It can be comic books, it can be movies, it can be TV shows, it can be science. Basically anything we feel like talking about for a given week. Uh, so first up on the agenda, we have some interesting news that came out this week regarding Batman. News. Not news. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Uh, kind of not news, news at all. News and then not news. <laughs> that's, that's the key. So, Drew, Drew what, what happened here with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Well, uh, we, had, we had confirmation from inside sources that <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going to be Batman in the Justice League movie. And... Uh, then, uh, you know, like an hour or two later, we got confirmation that he definitely is not going to be Batman in the Justice League movie or ever. And it just it riled me up. I don't trust any of these sources say I mean, sources said a couple of weeks ago that, uh, you know, Darth Vader is going to be in the new <laughs> they did. Star Wars movies. And I'm like, no, your sources are just some crazy person on a forum post. <laughs> And and that's the issue with sources and all of these movie blogs is they're all trying to get traffic. So yes. they're all just they're all making stuff up. They are. They they've got exclusives. And, I, re I remember there was a big exclusive that one site had about Star Trek that Into Darkness the well they didn't know what it was called but they said that villain will be Khan. It is confirmed. And this was like four months ago. Oh, I remember. And then that a couple too. days later they like quietly updated the post deleting where it said confirmed and adding a little bit that was like, well, of course, until we get real confirmation, this is all rumors and speculation. It's like, well, but you said in the original post, absolutely confirmed. Yeah, they got the traffic that they wanted. They yep. got the clicks on their ads. And then they just actually put the truth on there so yep. that if you called them on it, they could go back and say, well, no, no, no. It says right here that uh, it wasn't it wasn't confirmed. Yeah. <sighs> which, which, but anyway. Catherine, what did you think about Joseph Gordon-Levitt in in Dark Knight Rises? Do you think that that he could have been a good Batman theoretically? And and please don't just talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt in general, because I know you could go on and on. <laughs> I could. I think a sassy Batman is the Batman Gotham deserves. <laughs> but 
he was good in Dark Knight. He's good at being the well-dressed fancy man, which could work for Batman, but why, where did that rumor come from and why? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, well, I don't the, the understand. Weird, the weirdness of the ending just kind of, well, I mean, it, it annoys me because it's like, oh, wait, his name's actually Robin, but that doesn't mean anything. Robin's no, it's name just, it's wasn't Robin. It's just a Robin. cute joke. That's it. It was a cute joke, but it was one of those, like, it's too late <coughs> in the film to be telling cute jokes. It's time just to wrap things up. And then he stumbles into the Batcave, and it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. He's there, and nothing happens, really. Yeah. But it I, kind I, of leaves it, it thinking, well, maybe Nolan will produce a series of, like, Batman Beyond films. I, I know we, we shouldn't talk about Batman Beyond because I will, again, go on for hours. But imagine Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> in a series of Batman Beyond films. That would be... It would be awesome. So good. Oh, he would be so good. So I think it's one of those things that people want to be true so much that it didn't take much for a site just to report. It. And then once one site reports it, everybody reports it. And and I think that maybe the, the whoever's producing Justice League is trying to tie in subtly i mean like they don't have to mention that you know christian bale was batman at any point right but if they had joseph gordon levitt as batman and only batman it could be tied into the dark knight films without actually being tied into the dark knight films and as much money and as popular those movies were i think that they were really trying to just bring it all together it may have been a wish but it definitely wasn't confirmed yeah i mean you know it's got to be on some list where they're saying, what if we did this? Um, there's, there's no reason not to, and it would get, I think people would love it, but it's, yeah, it's definitely nothing near confirmed. Justice League still seems to be a, is this even happening film? I don't understand. The thing with Avengers is that they, they started with the small movies right, and introduced all the characters. And then, you know, we had Avengers and now we're going to learn more about the characters. But if they're going to be starting this entire universe, with Justice League, we're going to get all these characters, and they're going to try to tell us all about them in this short amount of time, and then maybe give us movies about their backstories. They're doing it the exact opposite way. I think Warner Brothers is going the wrong direction. Yeah. I think they're well, that's just, what I was going to say. Because yeah. they said Nolan said he was done with Batman, so I assume that any new Batman we got would be rebooted or new Batman. Yeah, but do Not we want to meet this new Batman in an ensemble film? Yeah. It'd be like starting with Avengers and then and then being like, you know, Iron Man's a big deal. And it's like, well, who cares? You know, he's just some guy in the Avengers. Right. And, and even with the new 52, when they launched with Justice League, I think that was actually their first title. It still just started, I think, with Superman and Batman. And then maybe Green Lantern showed up in issue, maybe late in issue one, and then he was in issue two. But they were introducing them slowly. But you can't really have a but, a whole Justice yeah. League film where it's just the two of them. You you might as well just make it a Batman film and a Superman film, like and they and they can't reboot all of these characters like this. I mean, we just got off Dark Knight Rises. We had a Green Lantern movie. We're going to have just finished a Superman movie. Yeah, they they can't reboot all of these characters in one fell swoop. Yeah, just and and expect people to be like, oh, okay, we're restarting again. Yeah, it's going to be a weird thing, a thing to watch. I mean, obviously, Avengers made a lot of money, and everyone else wants to have their own Avengers. I, I absolutely understand. I just don't know that Warner Brothers really knows how they're going to go about it. Um, the, the other thing that came out kind of today as we're recording was 
um, this talk that Chris Nolan had where he said that he actually approached Heath Ledger to play Batman back before making Batman Begins, which kind of blew my mind. What did you guys think of right, this? Right, I just read that. Well, I had a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Catherine. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it said that Ledger, his response was that he wasn't interested in a superhero film, and that he, that's why he turned it down. But when he took the Joker, it was because the script was interesting to him. That's what he wanted. Yeah. But I still don't see what the difference would have been. Batman Begins was a terrible film. <laughs> that is what I was going to say. I know. If they handed him the script <laughs> and were like, you want to be in this thing? And he's like, uh, no, maybe, maybe not so much. Well, I think that had they announced that, you know, Keith Ledger, the guy from A Knight's Tale, is going to be Batman. Um, I don't know if I could take it seriously, mm-hmm. but I mean, people did the same thing when they announced Michael Keaton. Yeah. You mean, oh, Beetlejuice is going to be Batman? <laughs> How's that going to work? And I love freaking Michael Keaton as as at least the Bruce Wayne part the Bruce Wayne, of, yeah. of the Batman. Um, But yeah, so I might have been a little more okay with with Heath Ledger being Batman thinking about Michael Keaton but I mean I would say I can't imagine him in that role even even now but seeing how much he can develop himself and mold himself into a role uh he could have done anything that he put his mind to right I I think that's what we did if he was Batman he'd be Batman right and I don't think we really understood that until we started seeing what he was doing as the Joker. And then we all came around and we're realizing, oh, wait, Heath Ledger's this fantastic actor. And then he was gone. Um, maybe we would have found out sooner had he been had he been Batman. Um, the thing is, he, he didn't actually want to work that much. If you look at his filmography, he wasn't in that many films. No. Yeah. I, I, I still, I, I have deep, deep problems with the Nolan Batman trilogy. <laughs> so many. The, dark, so the many quote, problems. Dark Knight trilogy. So probably not, that's probably a rabbit hole we don't need to go down. But it is interesting to think about those <laughs> those what ifs. Like, what if he had been uh, Batman? I think, yeah, as you say, he would have disappeared in the role. It would have been pretty cool. But obviously, didn't happen. And, and it still remains yeah. to be seen the future of any of these DC books um, coming to the screen. Uh, but to switch gears from DC over to Marvel, we have uh, some shall I say, interesting casting news about Brian Singer's upcoming X-Men First Class 2 Days of Future Past Origins. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> There's too many colons in this title. But Catherine, yeah. you, you put this into the rundown. Uh, what exactly did we learn this week? Well, we learned that um, Wolverine will be back as played by Hugh Jackman and also Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart will be reprising their roles from the original X-Men trilogy. And I have a lot of feelings <laughs> in this area. A lot. Because Good I feel like uh, all the feelings about this. All of them. Okay. Yeah, all of them. Because I feel like the newest movie we got, uh, First Class, was a reboot. Right. Or That was my impression. Mo- yeah. yeah, it was a new movie series. And I feel like if they start wrapping it up in the original trilogy which is a whole nother conversation. They might be muddling their lines a little bit. I had, I've not, I've only seen the first, the original trilogy. I hate calling it that, but I've only (laughs) seen the original trilogy. But from what I understand, they already started burning their bridges in 
Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine, I'm sorry, when he, uh, when Wolverine and Sabretooth, like, were best friends and grew up together and stuff, and so the climactic battle that is totally blown over in X-Men 1 is, should be the culmination of, you know, the entire plot of Origins, where, you know, it's just like, you are my brother and all this stuff. But no, they just kind of fight until one of them gets thrown off the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it's weird because... And Wolverine, so, so they're already yeah. messing with their own continuity. Yeah, Wolverine isn't... There is no continuity. Yeah, Wolverine's not in the X-Men continuity somehow. And even First Class seems kind of outside of the continuity too. Although I get... Well, he's in First Class. That is true. He gets a great little cameo. Yeah, and see, and then that messes up that continuity. And now that they're all, you know, we're going to have James McCoy, whatever, McAvoy. James McAvoy. McAvoy and Patrick Stewart. I mean, not like they're not going to be in the screen at the same time, I hope. Well, but. so here's the thing, Catherine, you, do you own Days of Future Past? This is an actual, I think it might be a one-off, but it was, it was a short series from, okay, I'm not going to pull this out of my ass. Tell me exactly what was Days of Future Past? What happens in it generally, if you, if you can recall? I can't really recall okay. now, but, but, um, <laughs> I just read that. about it. Uh. Well, I mean, I own it doesn't mean I've read it, right. but, but, um, it's just, it's another time travel story that involves, um, mostly Xavier and talking to his future self, but it doesn't really seem to gel with what the movie's doing anyways. Right. Not that the comics and the movies ever gelled it. At all? But, yeah, it's weird because Future Past has kind of like a dark future. Um, uh, and they kind of have to pull people, like, I think they pull people from the future into the past, something like, I'm not exactly sure. But the they're crossing over, so people, like, future X-Men are meeting past X-Men and moving around in time to fix stuff. But I don't think any of it's set in, like, what we think of as regular, like, movie x-men time it's like because this is still the 80s so it's still like before the movies but and then stuff after the movies and now we've got are First they gonna Class, do that which is set in the 60s i don't know how that's supposed to yeah are they gonna do the cg youngering like they did in x-men 3 to poor ian mckellen and and patrick yeah. stewart yeah are they gonna do that i mean they killed off Xavier. I mean, they can always bring back Xavier. It's not like they haven't done it before, but they killed him off in X-Men 3. So supposedly this will have to be before he's killed. Do you just... think Singer is going to acknowledge X-Men 3? Well, that's that's not. a big question. Because is, is, it going, is there going to be a Singer trilogy? Is this going to be like <laughs> the third part in the Singer trilogy that just so happens and, to tie into First Class? And this is what annoys me so much because... First Class was such a different kind of film, uh, especially the stuff that was taken from the uh, Magneto origin script, where it's just Fassbender going around being awesome, like just jet-setting yes. Bond Nazi killer. And wow. when they weren't doing that, and it was the stuff with like the kids, and ugh, I was like, I don't really like this stuff so much. <laughs> But and January Jones, you know, January well, Jones all about acting well. <laughs> Oh God! Ugh. I don't know. I've not They've seen already... it, but I've heard that January Jones is not the highlight of that film. She's yeah, she's she's Betty Draper, and that's fine. But she probably shouldn't be anything else. 
<laughs> I just don't know what other X Men they're going to include. I hope none. Right. Because they had Scott Summer Scott Summers's younger brother in first class, but not Scott Summers, and that could right. be bad. Right. I so I was I was hoping that first class was going to be going in a brand new direction, a new kind of X Men film, and I guess that's what annoys me about this news because it's. Okay, let's bring back all the original actors and let's mush the timelines together. And it's just going to be, it feels like a mess. And I, yeah, I, I hope it isn't. Drew, you probably should see First Class because I think it is really good. It's better than... No, I've than, heard, I've heard about the third it. I've been one. waiting it's for it to show up on Netflix. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it will be before long. And of course, Hugh Jackman will be in the new Wolverine film, which is called I think the it's just Wolverine. called... <laughs> The, oh, it's The Wolverine. The Wolverine, okay. which is the one that Aronofsky was going to do, but now isn't. And now it's the guy who directed Walk the Line. Um, what? I, I don't I don't understand. But and it's, Aronofsky, yeah, that would have been awesome. But Mangold can I do some know. good stuff. I, I, I'm not terribly worried about The Wolverine, but I am worried that we're having Wolverine. I'm deeply concerned. Okay. There's another thing hey, for us to, d- to be Doesn't he have bone for. claws? Because that's cool. One of the only X-Men comics I had, Wolverine had bone claws. Oh, well, and I thought that was cool. He does have bone yeah. claws in the poster. Well, that's that's the cool thing that you find out about him in the comics is the claws, the metal claws, are just metal grafted onto his bones. It's They didn't add the claws to him. They found this guy that had bone claws already. Um, yeah, which so is super cool. It's it's cool that they're, that they're going to really be showing it. So we're getting the Wolverine in 2013, and then... X-Men First Class 2 Days of Future Past um, in 2014. So, oh, wow. They're actually going to give it like time to actually finish it instead of like yeah, First Class, which was announced <laughs> in like February and released in July. Well, Matthew Vaughn, he knows how to make a film. so but, Or he doesn't. Well, no, not Ma- Matthew Vaughn made the <laughs> First Class, which was made in like no time and turned out really good. Um, but you're talking about X-Men 3, which was made in no time. No. It's horrible. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize that, that 3 was made in no time either. Well, it's because Singer left the project last minute to make Superman and basically was like... Which was a good idea. Right. Mm. So then, what's his name? I, I really have forgotten his name because he uh, Ratner. so little to me. Brett Ratner. Yes, he came in and kind of tried to finish it. And yeah, it's hard. You can't just come into a film halfway through, as we learned with Superman 3. Wow, we're ge- or Superman 2. But we're getting way off topic here. Okay, so another thing to look out for. Can we uh, be off topic? Well, that that is true. On an off topic podcast. Probably the only way we could get really off topic is to get on to Star Trek. So let's stay as far away from that as possible. I have <laughs> been watching a lot. Oh, wait. Okay. No. <laughs> no, Drew. <laughs> so the next thing we do have up in the news is stuff about Sci-Fi Channel, um, which... All right, is it science fiction related? <laughs> That's, um... <laughs> Question yeah. one. I think... It's roughly science fiction related. Roughly. Yeah, maybe one of the things we have on the list is is science fiction, which I guess is Blood and Chrome, which have you guys been been watching Blood and Chrome? I haven't seen today's oh, yes. episode. I have not either. I... Oh, either have I. Yeah, which these are supposed yeah, was, to be. Really I was good waiting ones. for my wife to get get home, and she just got home. So right. We'll probably yeah, they watch were released it when we're like, done here. They were released like as soon as I got to work, which was just wonderful, uh, because I've been missing it all day. <laughs> but I just forgot it was Friday. Yeah. Well, yeah, Blood and Chrome has been amazing so far. Uh, oh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. 
You're, you are not wrong. I'm way more impressed than I thought I'd be when I heard CGI sets again. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I saw a picture the other day of the before and after, you know, like the green screen uh, uh, flight deck to the finished flight deck. Mm-hmm. And it's impressive. They've, they did really well. I mean, if you don't stare at the backgrounds, I mean, you've got to right. focus on the characters and let the background kind of blend away and then it looks okay. But if you're like studying the background, then you're just like, that looks stupid. But, well, but, but the, yeah. the actual, uh, the plot and the, the action and even the way that it's cut up into, into its little chunks is, is actually working out really well for me. Yeah, I'm impressed by the way it is really webisodes. It doesn't feel like one piece that's been chopped up. Like they did some webisodes in between seasons of Battlestar, and oh, yeah. and you could kind of tell the writers didn't want to be doing it because they weren't getting paid. Um, but they were they kind of just wrote one 20 minute thing that got cut into two minute segments, and you couldn't you were never satisfied watching one piece of those. But this it really does feel more structured where each well, each piece is a is something i read after well, the last time that we talked about this that they did design it to be webisodes and then they went back and made it a whole movie and then they went back and cut it back into webisodes again so um it's actually working out the way they planned right. <laughs> even if it didn't work out the way they planned right i, I the thing is i don't know if they want to spend you know, six months in production or what What was it? A year and a half in production on webisodes. Like, it seems like if you're doing webisodes, they should be a little bit easier to make. Um, mm-hmm. So you can just keep cranking them out. This feels like a lot of buildup and then you're not really getting that much content. I mean, that's, that's what they, I mean, I forget what it was called. I want to call it the enemy within the, the one with Gata on the Raptor. Right. That's not available on the Blu-ray set for some reason. Um, because of writer issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is disappointing. But uh, it, you know, it's just a raptor. It was three actors in a raptor. And that's cheap. Yeah. Because it was an actual physical set. And thankfully, this raptor is is a physical set, too. So they could do the same kind of thing again. Is but we don't have set? the whole... I can never yeah. tell, like, sometimes. Like, do they just have, like, chairs... <laughs> Or is it actual? No, they set? uh, that that was part of the green screen picture. Was that it's not a full raptor, like it doesn't have the tail section. Okay, it's just the part that needs to be built for the set, just like the interior part and the exterior of that part. Oh, nice! But like the tail is CG and stuff. That's not bad. You can tell because it looks real. Right, it does look a little oh, bit more okay. real. But I thought this last week's episodes where they went to. They crashed on the planet. It was sort of like... On Hoth? They, they crashed Rura on Hoth, Pente. exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it was really good. Like, that's where you can Delta see... Delta Vega? <laughs> no. No, Drew. No. <laughs> but that's where the green screen was really working for me. Catherine, what did you think of last week's episode where they went to the ice planet and met the, the Cylon snake eel thing? The, the snake eel with teeth? <laughs> I think it... I think it brought a lot to the table because they hadn't made, or in this series, they haven't made the fleshy model Cylons mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like an early process into that, which you're not really thinking about when it's busy eating people, <laughs> whatever it was doing up on that planet. But um, I think they're going a lot farther with this than I thought they would. 
Yeah, definitely. Like going to a planet and doing things like that. Yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, when I heard webisodes, yeah, I was thinking like Drew was talking about where it's going to be set in a raptor <laughs> for an hour. But no, they really are using the green screen to tell these huge stories bigger than even Battlestar. I mean, if Battlestar ever went to a planet, they were there for a while. Like, okay, here's our on-location shooting, and we're going to do this for a little while. Whereas every week on Blood and Chrome, they're somewhere brand new. Yeah. Yeah, Battlestar was a really interior show. Mm-hmm. They didn't very much leave the Galactica yeah. ever. Which which I really liked. I liked the... Because the, that's what it would be like for them, just on Galactica. Mm-hmm. And the physical sets, and you got a real feel for not really the layout of the ship, but just that it was lived in and that, you know, it was it was kind of cramped and, and stuff like that. I always appreciated that. I'm, I'm eager to see if they CG some, if they ever get back to Galactica before the end of the, the webisodes, because hmm. I want to see My more. My heart will explode. I want to see more of Galactica in her prime. Yeah. Aww. How great! Because like when they were that? flying around it, like I had a little tear. I'm just like Galactica. I know. Last time I saw you, you were in pieces. Yeah, you're, oh, you're flying towards sh- the sun. Oh. Yeah, Anders. They, oh man, yeah. But they, yeah, oh. they, they did the the whole like J.J. Abrams look out the window and see the lens flares of Galactica, and they played that really fantastic arrangement of the original show's theme, which in the reboots canon, I guess, is like the what is it? The colonial, colonial theme. The colonial, yeah. colonial anthem. So they're playing that, and it's like, oh wow, this is so cool. I forgot how much I missed Battlestar until yeah. that moment, and then it just all hurt all over again. <laughs> As I look longingly at my DVDs. Uh, yeah, I need to. I need to do another Battlestar rewatch. I mean, it's been what six months since I watched the finale, so I think it's <laughs> time to start again. Yeah, we started on the uh, watching them all with the commentaries, oh. but. That's a lot of commentary. Oh, nice. And my wife doesn't remember. If if we watch other TV shows and then go back to a TV show, she doesn't remember what happened before. <laughs> so she's trying to watch the episode and because f- she doesn't remember what happened mm. while we're trying to watch the commentary, and it doesn't, ah. it doesn't really work out. So you're watching... It's like a game. <laughs> Interesting. So you're watching just with the commentary. Yeah, we were. this Our third time through, we were watching it with commentary. Wow. But yeah. that was like a year ago when we did that. Oh, okay. Because my, my last rewatch, I watched the episode and then I listened to the commentary. Because I, I usually listen to the commentary, you know, to and from work. Um, and oh. then I watched the next episode at home and then do the commentary. And that was working out really well. Um, I haven't actually sat down and watched the commentary with the show on probably since it aired. Yeah, that's cool. Because they, they released them all the in MP3, right? Yeah, they're all they're all on some site somewhere where you can just download them, which was really quite convenient. <laughs> did you listen to the commentaries I was gonna, ever, Catherine? I did. I was going to say, didn't they record them while the show was on the air yeah. every week? Yep. There was a commentary. Yeah, like Ron would. So I watched. Yeah. I was just going to say, I've just listened to them all. I haven't listened to them since I was first watching the show back in the day. Oh, nice. It's it's kind of fun to hear him talk about the show. He'll like drop gigantic spoilers. Or it won't be a spoiler. It'll just be him saying, well, you know, maybe we could do that. And then turns out a season later, that's what they do. Yes. But he had. Maybe they're all Cylons. Right. <laughs> but he literally had that thought live on air. What was it? They put a, a 
or he put his microphone in the Razor writer's room when they were just breaking what Razor was going to be. They had no idea at all what they were going <laughs> to do with it. It's amazing. It was like two and a half hours of people just saying, well, what if uh, this happens? And like, oh, okay, huh. Like some of the, the huge stuff was just like thought of on this podcast. And it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the craziest thing. You can tell they definitely did not release it until after the, the show aired because it was like spoiler after spoiler. Uh, it pop, those podcasts were, were really, really good. We, were either of you on the boards at the time? The sci-fi.com? No. Cause um, I I saw it. I watched the entire series before the last half of the last season aired. Oh wow! But I didn't have oh, wow. sci-fi to watch the last season, <laughs> so uh, I just had to wait and avoid the internet in general. Oh wow! That <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how you managed that. I had to watch like immediately because <laughs> I was so worried about spoilers. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I ended up buying the last half of the last season on Xbox and watching oh, them after they aired. Oh, okay. So it wasn't too long after okay. uh, they aired that we watched them. Nice. Well, the fun thing about the board is that Ron wouldn't really get on the boards, but his wife, Terry, went on the boards. And she didn't really know what was happening on the show. Like, Ron would occasionally give her a script or talk to her about what was happening. But she didn't really know, but she liked interacting with the fans. So she got this huge following on the boards. And then she just started appearing on the podcast sometimes, too. It, it was a <laughs> nice little experience because you'll, you'll hear him, you know, smoking. Or if Terry's there, he's not smoking. Uh, but he's always drinking. It's actually a problem for me. I can't watch the commentaries without having, like, real urges to start smoking again. And I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I have memories of watching... What was it? It was the the big, was it the season two finale where they do one year later? Yeah. And I was just yes. chain smoking. Like you would not believe during that episode. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I still lived with my parents at the time and we had like a porch out of the family room. So every commercial break, I was like running out the door to be like smoking on the porch being like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, man. Oh, I, I think I... I think that I actually swore when the one year later thing came yeah. up and I started yelling at my wife, do you know what this means? This isn't freaking Voyager. They're not going to re push this reset button. This is for real. Yeah. This is what's happening. <laughs> this is real Everything life. Everything has changed. <laughs> yeah, that, that episode blew my mind several times because like right before that, they blew up the... I forget which ship it is, but the one with the big open air where they kept going on location. Yeah. They just blew that ship up. Like, oh, okay. And then next thing we knew, it was a year later, and they were settled on the planet. Whew. Man. Oh. It's because of that moment I live in fear of one year later on any really? television show. <laughs> I always expect something terrible to follow immediately. I'm like, I don't know where this is going, but it's not good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. That's enough about Battlestar. It probably, old, probably spoil, is. old Battlestar spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. If, if, if you guys haven't seen Battlestar yet, um, I guess don't bother. Just ignore now. all the things we said. <laughs> You're good. Uh, so okay, well, we heck, my first, my first introduction to Battlestar was the uh, season four trailer. I just watched. It was like oh, God. the first four, the first three seasons in three minutes or whatever. Oh, and I watched man. it, and I'm like, 
it looked awesome. And thankfully, I didn't remember any of the things that it told me. It, goes, by the it time did go I by really it that was I remember that. And that was a really fast thing. So, yeah. But it was all the spoilers. It was like three minutes of yes. straight, like, directly injected spoilers. But I guess, yeah, it, it would just blow your mind watch. at that point. Yeah. Okay. Enough about Battlestar, I do suppose. Um, I figure we could probably... I, I think we've been moving really fast to the news. So I thought, oh, we'll take a breather and talk about Battlestar. But we do have some other sci-fi news. Um, apparently, real steel is real. Catherine, mm. you, you found this story. I did. I was, I thought it was a joke at first because I got there through, you know, sci-fi Googlings. But apparently, Sci-Fi Channel has started and is already in production um, a real steel robot tournament. Uh, robot Combat League, they're calling mm-hmm. it, with with betting and real robots fighting and boxing, because Real Steel should be real life, I well, guess. Real Steel was a very good film. It was. It was? It was an amazingly good film. I was moved film. emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the things people... Uh, for real. There's like two kinds of people. Those who have seen Real Steel and understand that it is one of the best films ever made. And then there's people who haven't seen it and think it's really, really horrible. And it's hard to pull people over to this side because <laughs> of this reaction. It's based on a Twilight Zone episode. Oh, it, oh, that's true. It was um, what's his name? The guy who wrote, ah, uh, the guy who wrote The Last Man on Earth. It was which I and I'm blanking yes. on his name, but yes, he wrote. Me too. Um, shoot, is on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, yes, he wrote this. I think it was a short story that became a Twilight Zone episode, if I'm not mistaken. Uh. But the film I itself think you're right. became was was really really quite good. Drew, I'm I'm the look on your face is like telling me everything I need to know about people who haven't seen Real Steel. <laughs> but this the trailers just didn't sell it very well. No, leave no it at that. really really bad that trailer. But the okay, so this show isn't going to be Real Steel the film. This is going to be robots in a ring punching each other. Now, did yes. I read this article right that it's just. Uh, a movie robotics guy built all the robots and he's just making them fight. This isn't like, uh, this isn't like, uh, battle bots where you bring I your own robot. You, you bring your own robot in. Like that's how Grant Amarhara got his start. Right. Was, Oh yeah. I used to watch it all the time. So this is just movie quality, actual like hydraulic robots beating the heck out of each other. That's um that's the sense I get, yeah. But like Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they're trying to maybe they're trying to bring the wrestling mm-hmm. people over. Like they, they've now now they've got a half science fiction-y, half, you know, violent fake violence. Maybe they're trying to create their own crossover. Well, so here, let, let me read a little bit from the uh the press release from sci fi. It says, um, let's see. This extraordinary new series will feature 12 teams consisting of a fighter and a robotics engineer from myriad backgrounds, including a race car driver, an Olympic athlete, a National Guard helicopter pilot, along with a mix of professional fighters and software engineers. So it is kind of hmm. like, let's put the engineers and the jocks together and make a thing. And it's kind of a cool idea because where before can an engineer be like right next to a fighter pilot? right next to like a boxer and they're working together to make this work like really well. Um, And if they are like upgrading their bots between each 
each game and, and maybe we will see that or each match and we'll we'll see them like bash each other and then they have to be fixing them right there it could be good it could also be just really cheesy and dumb i i'd be more interested in the construction mm -hmm. the the design and construction of the robots and like people because I like those those kind of things. Like, let's figure out if this can work. Oh, yeah, and if his arm moves like this, it can move a blade yeah. from here or something. And You would really enjoy Real Steel, I feel. Oh, yeah. Oh, you really would. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. So, and they're calling it, it's not just a, a fighting show, um, which I don't even know how they would term that, but it's called a reality show, which makes me think they are going to be showing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So they'll have, like, real arena battles with crowds there, um, but they'll also be showing you them in the shop, putting it together, building it, training, and all that stuff. So you get to to know all these people. This might be a reality show I actually watch. Like typically, I'm okay. very against reality TV. I, I see. It's not okay. I was looking at it completely wrong. It's Project Runway, but instead <laughs> of designing and making clothes. They're designing and making robots. And then at the end, instead of a runway walk with Heidi Klum, they have a fight with Chris Jericho. There you go. Okay. I could get behind that. Yeah. I I think you might have too much faith in Sci-Fi Channel recently. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Yeah. And I think, Catherine, what you're saying is, and not to speak for you, but it's going to come down to execution. And yeah. It it really could it really could bomb. I don't want to get down on Sci-Fi Channel, but I've seen Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. I know where their money's going, right. and I, I worry about their knowledge about their audience. That's that's uh, for those of you taking the drinking game at home. We did mention Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, so go ahead and take a shot. Um, we try to get at least speaking one of each each show. Speaking of Sci-Fi not knowing their audience, moving yes. on to the next one. Yes, the next one. Yeah, go ahead, Drew. What what is this? Uh, the the next news. It it's pretty vague, but uh, uh sources sources say <laughs> that uh sci-fi may be working on a water world series. Yes, a series based on the infamous, which I've not seen, Kevin Costner flop Water World. <laughs> How have you not seen the the Majesty? Of, of Waterworld, I'm confused. Well, I'd never heard of it until I heard that it was a giant flop, so it's kind of one of those things like, oh, Waterworld, Ew. I don't know about watching that. It well, is, I got better things yeah. to do with my time. It is widely regarded as a flop, and it didn't really, like, super flop. Like, it's one of those cases where it made its money back and it's fine, but it, it was, I think it was not supposed to cost anything like what it cost, because Kevin Costner's like, oh, we'll just shoot it. And it'll be fine. And then they're like, wait, we got to shoot the entire film on water. And that's really, really expensive. It's like he's never seen the the making of Jaws or anything. Right. Like he doesn't understand that working on the ocean is a terrible idea. Right. Really, I think only Jim Cameron should be allowed to work with water. Like around water. Jim in water. Cameron? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is he your he friend? He is my friend. He's a friend of a friend. No. Well, a friend of mine worked for him, was yelled at by him. Almost a friend awesome. of a friend. <laughs> James Cameron, king of the world. He knows Jimmy. how to work with I water. call him Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy Cameron. Jimmy Cammy, actually. Is, is... Let's name him after your dad. Let's name him Jim. Um. Anyway, 
<laughs> random Star Trek. Hey. <laughs> but but uh, Waterworld. A TV uh, series, the, yes. The article did, I mean, at first it was like, that's a terrible idea. It was a dumb, you know, it was supposedly a dumb movie. But then the 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 thing brought up, and it had a pic, the article on screen right has a picture from Stargate. And I was like, man, why can't they just make more Stargate? Some more good Stargate instead of this stupid Waterworld thing. And then they brought up the thing. Stargate was a stupid sci-fi movie <laughs> that, that they true. made a well Showtime made a series yes. from and then moved to they moved like three different places. Yeah, well Showtime did it. It makes last. you feel better. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, you can pretend Waterworld is the sequel to Stargate Atlantis. <gasps> I would love that <laughs> so that much. <laughs> <laughs> the psychic whales. Okay. Okay. All right. Sure. All right, now I I could totally see this going somewhere good. It's it's all about who is making it. Like right now, it's just this idea of maybe this should be a thing that should happen, and that's kind of what where Battlestar was in the late what was it the late nineties was. Oh yeah, we, there we go. There's to- another one. Let's take a stupid little horrible, sci-fi series. Horrible show, so bad, really bad. And then Mr. Feeney was in it though. Was he really? He was. He was. What? Where? Who was he? I don't know the name of the character he but, played because I'm not that insane. Was he one of the bad but guys? But he was involved. Or was he one of the... Probably. Okay. Was he a car? He was Mr. Feeney. Nice. Was he a talking car? That's all I care about. <laughs> was he, he was a Cylon? He was actually the voice of the ship. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Kit was a Cylon. That is true. Kit was he a Cylon. He had Cylon. the light. <laughs> <sighs> so, yes. If, if Waterworld gets helmed by, like, Brian Fuller... I, I could I could suddenly get excited, um, oh, man. if if it's given to you know some nobody that you know is just somebody that wor- that happened to be walking by and they gave it to him maybe I don't care so much but yeah I mean this has happened before and I guess what combines these stories for me is I feel like sci-fi is at least trying to move in the right direction. Blood and Chrome, they pumped... Trying a, to do more sci-fi. Exactly. They pumped a lot of money into it. Um, real, This real steel thing is much more sci-fi than, say, Ghost Hunters or all the right. other crap that they're, that they're actually spending money on right now. Right, And right. Waterworld, even. I mean, it is science fiction. It's set in the future. It's exploring these ideas about where is mankind heading. This is good. I think we should be happy. We should maybe stop bashing Craig Engler like every day on Twitter. <laughs> Seriously, guys, he didn't do anything to you. It's not his fault. Um, I mean, do you guys agree? Is it maybe a good sign? Well, I feel like sci-fi has gone downhill since they changed the spelling of their name from sci-fi to a word that is fake. But... <laughs> If they start having more programming that's actually sci-fi that actually appeals to the people who watch or want to watch their station, they'll have way more success. Yeah. I think so, Right too. now, BBC America airs way more sci-fi than sci-fi. Yeah, it's I think true. it's really weird that the syndication of Next Generation is on BBC America. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and, and especially once Downton Abbey's new season starts, which is set in, what, 2361? That's going to be. <laughs> don't joke about Downton Abbey, man. Don't. The Onion is on a roll. I know we don't have The Onion on the rundown. They're on a real roll right now. You can tell oh, I know. how excited they are about the Boy Meets World sequel show 
by the fact that they just keep <laughs> writing stories about it, making fun of people who are excited about it. <laughs> it's, it's like they, they protest a little too much, I think. They know too much Is about the show. Excited? They do. People who don't understand. People like old people. The old people, people just like don't get people. it. Right. Yeah, their, their references are a little too exact. It's like they know, like, they know little pieces of Boy Meets World that prove that they were just watching it last night. Anyway, we're not yeah. talking about Girl Meets World <laughs> today. Um, we will probably next week. Because we'll need a whole, like, two-part episode. We really, we really will. Okay, so now we're going to get into the big Doctor Who section uh, where I, I kind of just want to talk about Doctor Who a little bit because I finished watching the whole show which mm-hmm. was really amazing. Well, it had ups and downs as you do. Um, but actually I liked the final season more than like anyone I've talked to. And maybe it was just Wait, a lack of which expectations. F- this first half of the seventh season. Yes. This, well, okay. the, the, yes, the conclusion of the Amy and Rory saga. Okay. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of, I, I want to put this out before we get into any news. What is so bad about the first half of season seven, Drew? Well, uh, I think that it's uh, the whole point was, you know, we need to make each one, you know, a big cinematic event. And I just don't think that they pulled it off convincingly. I think that um, I think that Amy and Rory's story was done at the end of uh, uh, series six. And they literally just kept picking them up every few years and, and taking them on another adventure and not really not really saying anything new. They would they would get somewhere, the doctor would act really mad because it's I don't know if he's been in this regeneration too long or something. I mean he's been in it for like three hundred years, which is part of my problem too, is that, you know, the ninth doctor uh was in his regeneration for a year. I mean, there's no time where we're not with the ninth Doctor. The tenth Doctor, there's a time toward the end where he's got, you know, maybe 50 or 60 years that he wandered without without anybody. But then this Doctor, at the beginning, uh, the impossible astronaut, one of them is 200 years older than the other one. And Which then he really... travels for another few hundred years. And it's like, yeah. this 11th Doctor, or this 12th Doctor, 11th Doctor has been around I mean, like, we've only seen him for three years, but he's been around for, like, three or four hundred years. And that was the one thing. I wanted to grab Stephen Moffat and just say, what the hell are you doing? Like, what is the reasoning behind it? Because to date, there doesn't seem to be a reason he is so old. Like, why did so much time have to pass? He's, like, 1,200 well, I don't think that his now. age is relevant in any capacity. Well, the all. my problem is that the the tenth doctor without a companion didn't last very long like he got into the whole waters of mars and the time lord uh, victorious or triumphant and it it showed that he needed a companion and but this doctor is running around for hundreds of years without a steady companion that we see maybe there's he's got other companions on the side but you, you think he'd tell amy well, we do, we do see him getting a little darker. He's he does a lot of much darker things. Um, the episode yes. you want to call it the Gunslinger or something like that. That's set a town called Mercy. There you go. Yeah. Um, it had the character 
the gunslinger or the, the Terminator knockoff thing. But the the, <laughs> the doctor was getting kind of dark in that one. I felt like they were really showing yes. this is what happens to the doctor when he does go a long time without a, without a companion. To a and level then they then, never were able to get to with Tenet. Yeah, dinosaurs on a spaceship, he was unnecessarily mean, too. I mean, like, each yeah. one was saying the same thing. The Doctor needs companions. Hmm. But well, it's like the he David was Tenet still specials. holding on to and eventually got Amy and Rory killed. For all intents and purposes. Right. Well, right that... after. The episode after he promised promised rory's dad that he wouldn't let anything bad happen to them and we'll never see rory's dad again it's like okay we'll move on that is quite true well and they've already introduced the new companion and then killed her off yeah that was weird too yeah don't i don't know how that's gonna happen yeah let's i i don't even know where to begin there (laughs) like i was told oh yeah she's gonna be the new companion like right after i watched that i was like but she just died she was a dalek and then she died um that's not a companion yeah. that's a that's a dead girl and then they'll say <laughs> they'll say time travel you know they'll he'll get her before that point but then he knows how she dies well that's which that's means Moffat's that he MO, can't change it well he met river song when he killed her too right actually oh, yeah so i i yeah i think Moffat, which they completely forgot about well Shh. i don't know did they yeah I, I this is the know. thing i think Moffat is trying to push the idea of what it is to be a time traveler way further than Davis ever did and really make us stretch our brains out and think, well, if he is ageless, he could disappear and go off and live for a hundred years and then come back to Amy and Rory. And it's a, you know, six months later for them. Like he can just do that. He can have so many adventures that we don't even get a chance to see. And he can do stuff like meet a companion before she dies. Like, meet her when she dies and then come back and all that junk. And I think he's, yeah, just, I think he's kind of trying to hurt our brains. Um, as we saw well, with the Sherlock finale. his first episode was blank. Well, yeah. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk about the Sherlock finale. <laughs> but don't you think he was trying to hurt our brains with the Sherlock finale? Like, that was the yes. reason. Well, if you've read Sherlock Holmes, no. But he was trying to hurt our hearts. Okay, falling off a waterfall and nobody finding a body is different than falling down in front of dozens and dozens of witnesses and having your doctor friend pronounce you dead. Yes. <laughs> but Moffat's going to make I was it like, somehow, magically. I was half hoping that he didn't show up at the end. I'm just like, he's yeah. dead. We'll, we'll he's really know. dead. He's really dead. And then it's just like, oh, there he is. You don't think what they're going to the explain Martin it? Freeman's... Martin Freeman's so busy filming The Hobbit, we will never know. <laughs> that is true. It'll be 2015. That didn't, we'll never know. That didn't make it into our rundown, but yeah, Sherlock is... Like, they're saying for real 2014, right? For season three? They're saying they're saying for real 2014. Yeah. Oh, my. In the U.S., anyways, early 2014. Right. So, yeah. So, I'll see it in 2015 when it comes on Netflix. <laughs> right, exactly. That'll... Yes. All right, so... Okay, so season seven of Doctor Who aside, next year is really big, especially for people who have been Who fans for much longer than me, because it is the 50th anniversary of the very first Doctor. That is a long time. I'm very excited. Are you very excited? How excited are you? So freaking excited. <laughs> you don't even know. But um, 
there has been some talk about it lately, even, with um, Christopher Eccleston saying that he never wants to play the Doctor again, which is oh. quite the blow. Oh, man. If you're a Doctor Who fan. Well, cause, yeah, because they're talking about... I mean, in the past, they've done a lot of crossovers. I know that there's um, there's one episode called The Three Doctors, and then there's another one called The Five Doctors, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So I was time crash just happened. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. The... T- time crash is uh, the fifth Doctor and the tenth Doctor. Oh, oh wow. It's okay. a it's you can find it on YouTube. It's really good. I will. Ha- it's adorable. I will have to then. And was the and the audio drama was that was just the eighth Doctor, right? Wasn't any yes. no crossovers in that, but they're they're still telling stories about old doctors because there's so many stories you can tell. Um, and didn't River make Paul McGann will be the Doctor forever because right. <laughs> he really really wants to be the Doctor so badly because he's the best Doctor. <laughs> okay, didn't didn't River say something? I just don't know yet because I haven't. But didn't River say something in this last season about about um. Like on her birthday, there being three doctors or something like that. She like said it and was like halfway a joke, but halfway they were setting up something for this season. I, I felt like I'll have to go back and, and find hmm. that moment again. I have no memory of that. Well, we still need an explanation of how River recognized Tenet as being the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, th- I mean, I, of course, yeah. he did come out of a TARDIS. And, you know, but still, she seemed to recognize him fairly quickly. Not like, uh, not like in uh, School Reunion, where right. it took Sarah Jane, uh, you know, a good half the episode to realize what was going on. So, okay, is it is it all rumors or is there actual... Is there I think it's all sources top? say. No. Okay, but we, we're fairly sure there's going to be a... Crossover. Tenet episode. was confirmed. Tenet was confirmed. Tenet was okay. confirmed because really? he's David Tenet. Okay, yes. he just talks. <laughs> he puts on a Scottish, puts on a Scottish accent, and grows like a partial beard, and suddenly he's David Tenet again. And then he shaves it off and becomes the Doctor. Very confusing, man. Um, but yeah, so we know there's some sort of crossover happening next year, which makes me really, really excited. And it probably makes you guys a little bit more excited, especially if you've seen like older doctors. The idea of them bringing them into play might be really cool too. I don't see them doing that. I don't know how far back they can go. If only because of aging being a natural process. That's true. In life. How many of yeah. the doctors are still? Is it really just the three uh, of them? Is there any way they could bring back the eighth? Well, well, they could bring back five. Because they already did for Time Crash. And David Tennant is, you know, married to his daughter. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know about any of the others. Oh, uh, the one guy's playing Radagast, so he's still around. Oh, true. Okay. So I mean, in theory, they could bring back four through eight or nine if they could get Eccleston to do it, but I just don't know how realistically you can have all these aged men <laughs> right. being like, yes, we were the doctor back in yeah. the day. No I, I read that in the old ones, they, they explained it like, you know, the, the TARDIS made them look older, even though they were their younger selves, <laughs> just just well, to nice. even it out or something. They had some... When they did... Go thing. ahead. I don't... I, that was 
I was going to say, when they did the three Doctors, um, William Hartnell, who played the first Doctor, had already passed away, so they just cast someone else. Oh, really? <laughs> and just didn't mention it. <laughs> nice. So. Well, that works. Okay. Okay, so aside from this very exciting episode that we still don't know much about, um, there's something I'm finding really cool that IDW is doing next year in the Doctor Who comics. They're doing a special 12-issue series called Prisoners of Time that's going to feature each of the Doctors in turn. So my understanding is January is going to be Doctor number one, February is going to be Doctor number two, etc. Although I don't know what they're going to do with, with issue 12. Um, I guess that remains to be seen. Hopefully that'll be Emily Mortimer, who I terribly hope will be the 12th Doctor, and no one <laughs> as yet has agreed with me. Um, it's because it's a crazy idea. It's crazy. It's a crazy idea, but so is so is Matt Smith, who I'm still not convinced is human. Yes. So, <laughs> that face, that's not a real person's face. No, that's just not. no, that's no. no. I don't that's even... That's not normal. He's not, he's not attractive. He's not unattractive. He's just not shaped properly I, anyway have you guys heard about this comic series are, are you excited as i am no this but i am now I've heard of it <laughs> well the ongoing and now i'm so excited the ongoing doctor who comic is actually pretty good um i'm a little i'm very unsure about the whole doctor who tng crossover comic but the just doctor who one that's um the doctor with amy and rory it's really good I, I, I like I like self-contained things uh, like this thing. I like uh, comic series with beginning and ends. And I think I'll probably probably pick these up prisoners of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be really cool. And hopefully it'll have crossovers as well and, and special stuff for fans. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. So that, but that's January. That's the crazy thing about comics is they do these solicitations like four months in advance. So we've known that this is coming <laughs> since like September, but it's like hardly even worth talking about because it's still at least a month away. Um, so you have a month to watch all of the first Doctor <laughs> to be ready for January. <laughs> all right. I wish it was on Netflix. Like I... It is. Well, no, pieces are on Netflix. But there's no just like, a couple of the the edited into film things. Yeah, you can't just go to Doctor Who and like go to season one from whatever it is. Amazon Prime has a lot of episodes. Oh, okay. I I need to look into it, but I looked up Doctor Who to see what they had, and they had like series one, series two, series three, series four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen, twenty eight. Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to you could check try. It out you see. could try the free month and yeah, watch them all in that month. It's not a bad idea because I was yeah I was at Barnes and Noble the other day and it's like well here's like the bookshelf worth of classic Doctor Who that I could probably spend five hundred dollars buying individually and I really don't feel like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. Just you need it. to wait until they remaster them all from the original film that they found somewhere. I don't uh, know. I really, really doubt that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they redo all the effects so it doesn't look like, right. you know, <laughs> toys on strings. It would be nice, though, because I was watching one episode that it, it was, um, I'm going to say it wrong. I think it was the sixth Doctor with Sarah Jane. I'm probably wrong. Completely wrong. How wrong am I? I uh, well, think, the Sixth Doctor and Sarah Jane were never together, were they? I think it was three or four. Was it really that early? She was with. 
Okay. Yeah, she was with three. Maybe and four. it was. Oh, it was four. It was four. I'm sorry. It was one of those even doctors, and I knew it wasn't the eighth, and I thought four was too early. <laughs> but okay. Was it Tom Baker? It was. It was Tom Baker. Okay, so it was really cheesy looking. I'm sorry. It was like yeah. this is the best set BBC's money could buy in 19. 19- 70 something was it the ark in space i think it was <laughs> yes because I, I started watching that one and i'm like yep but i could really see in the character i could really see like the doctor yeah yeah like even just watching the modern who's going back to the old one i'm just like i can see this being the same character he's got a lot of the same traits and ideas yeah definitely uh, i mean he was i thought that was really cool yeah, I mean, he was still the Doctor, even though it was somebody completely different in a different kind of show. I, I still felt like it was there. So, yes, I will be going back and watching Classic Who. Eventually, we'll see. Um, hopefully, I mean, the thing is, now that I'm caught up, it's a lot easier because there won't be new Doctor Who for a while. I mean, there's the holiday To special. distract you. Right, exactly. So I have nothing else to do for my Who fix but to watch other new stuff. All right, so that's probably going to wrap up our major topic number four. Which brings us into the actual staff meeting portion of the episode, uh, which is essentially, I've called you all here because we're being held in a tractor beam by the Borg right now, and there's really not much to do but hang out and, um, and do some stuff that you find fun or interesting. So uh, I just want to go around the table and find out what you guys' suggestions are for things that we can do while waiting for the tra- tractor beam to, to go away. Drew, do you have any great suggestions for us? Well, I've been uh, I've been watching a rough draft of um, another fan edit that I'm kind of involved in. Uh-huh. It's not as ambitious as Star Wars Revisited, but it is Star Wars related. A friend of mine on the original trilogy forums, TV's Frank, which is uh, I love his screen name. <laughs> um. He is making parody edits of the Star Wars movies, starting with episode one. And uh, he's I, I'm watching the rough draft of episode two right now. It's uh, The Ridiculous Menace and Attack <laughs> of the Ridiculousness. And what he's done is... It, it's not like he's redubbed the characters in his own voice or anything, but he's redubbed the characters with either lines that the characters say elsewhere or with completely separate characters. <laughs> C-3PO is voiced by Joe Bluth, for example. Oh, jeez. And, and it kind of works in context. It kind of doesn't. Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan is always Obi-Wan lines, but he uh, refers to himself in the third person. Like... You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi will take care of that. Like, it's really badly edited, but that's part of the humor. Right. Um, There's a lot of, like, repetitive... uh, I mean, it's not meant to be, you know, a flawless thing. It's meant to be be funny. Um, Jar Jar, in episode two, uh, he has the voice of Krusty the Clown. And whenever he steps, it makes a squeaky sound. Squeak, 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 squeak. And uh, the Django and Boba Fett are voiced by... uh, Django is Johnny from The Room, if you've seen that. And uh, um, Boba is Denny from The Room. 
So it's like, oh, hi, Mark. How's it going? <laughs> if you've not seen The Room, ignore everything I just said and okay. watch The Room instead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about, about my nice. ridiculous attack of the ridiculousness. Nice. So can we get episode one, The Phantom Ridiculous or whatever it's called? Can we get that now? Yes, The Ridiculous Menace is okay. out. Um, I'm not sure exactly where. Is it, it, can... It's in the, the undernet, if you know where to yes. look. Okay. Just, just Google The Ridiculous Menace, TV's Frank. Okay. And now, I, uh, I... you can get the hookup. Very cool. How about you, Catherine? What do you think you'll be doing while the tractor beam is holding us here? Well, what I think I'll be doing, what everyone should do, is I don't know if you've heard of the book Horns by Joe Hill. Hmm. It's no. uh, Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. Which no, I did just really, hear about this. Yeah. Yes, it that tells you a lot about what you need to know about <laughs> this book. But it's about a man whose um, his girlfriend is murdered, and he wakes up the next morning with horns. Okay. Okay. And he has he has sort of powers associated with them, but it's being made into a movie. Oh. Starring Daniel Radcliffe. And I, I feel like people should maybe read the book before this happens. <laughs> and and does things to, to books as movies do. Now is it a but it's a very it a comic book or a book book? It's a book okay. book. Because I know Joe I know he's working on Lock and Key now, which is a comic yeah, book. Yeah, that's what I was hearing about. Yes. That uh, one I'm I'm hearing today. everything every, all the things about. But you're saying this is an actual yes. book book. Okay. This is a book book. It's his first book book. And um, it's actually very good, and it's not it's not like Stephen King. It won't ruin your life with the horror. Okay. But it's it's an interesting story, and I'm a little bit concerned about Daniel Radcliffe yeah. playing this man with horns. So I feel like <laughs> I'm I'm putting out the the signal that everyone should read this book. All right. And maybe have a little warning. All right. Well, I'll look forward to to looking into that. Um, so of course you all are wrong. Um, and those are those are terrible <laughs> ideas. Uh, what you should be doing is um, actually reading all new X-Men, which is the, the brand new comic series um, from Brian Michael Bendis um, in the Marvel Now imprint, which they're kind of doing a kind of reboot of the Marvel Universe, sort of. It's, it's a reboot without doing a reboot. It's one of those cases of if you're a brand new person, you can jump in here and it'll be fine. And all new is bringing in the X-Men from the past to the present which is amazingly cool um issue one ended with um beast going into the past and talking with them and just saying we need you guys to come back um issue two has just come out so i don't want to spoil it but it deals with what happens when he actually brings them into the present and everyone starts interacting with current present day and they start finding out okay xavier's dead gene gray is dead this is the future and we're here and what's going on it's really cool. It's really good. And it's only going to get better as it goes. So all new X-Men number two, definitely pick it up. Um, I think they're doing them bi-weekly for the first six issues. So they're coming out kind of quick at first. Hmm. I'm always afraid to get into comics. I think it, it's mm. good when they, when they have a starting point. Uh, I like that. So this I'm just disappointed there's not more tie in to the cinematic cinematic universe. Yeah, like you... I, I I would like a series that ties into the cinematic universe. I think with this 
with this book, you could assume it takes place like 15 years after X3. And okay. it'll it'll work. Because um, Xavier's dead. Although, I mean, he, he's come back and died a couple times in the comic book. <laughs> but he's good and dead now. Although he's probably will come back. I'm but sure he will. You can assume that Jean Grey died at some point as well. And people have progressed. Um, so there's nothing in it that blatantly goes against anything that's in the films. So at least nothing I've seen so far. So I think as a film viewer, you can come in with the understanding that Wolverine is this type of character. He's kind of in love with Jean Grey a lot. Um, Scott Summers is probably an asshole. Um, you can come up with, with those sort of thoughts from the films and, and you'll, you'll be just fine. The okay. minor flaw in your, in your thought there is that Scott Summers does explode at the end of, or not even at the end of, in X-Men 3. That, oh, so God. we'll ignore <laughs> X-Men 3 then. You really, well, okay, I... I accept parts of X-Men 3 and don't accept <laughs> others. I don't understand why Cyclops exploded. Remember that part where Cyclops exploded in X-Men 3 and then no one ever yeah. mentioned it again Remember that throughout part... the entire movie? That was awesome. Remember that part where Brian Singer stole um, James Marsden for his film and Brett Ratner yeah. panicked and had to kill him off really fast? Yeah, I remember Let's that. Let's not make it obvious, you guys. <laughs> they might as well just had a, a, a like... Just put up a, a title, like James Marsden will not be in the rest of the film because of, because of Brian Singer, <laughs> because just, of Superman, because of Superman Returns. Sorry, like don't even bother killing him off. Just like he just walks out of frame, say okay, he's not coming back. Sorry guys. All right, <laughs> so this has been the Observation Lounge episode four. I want to thank my not co-host Drew Stewart for joining me. Uh, Drew, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at 005. Very good. And you're also at Trek FM, of course, as the TOS editor and a, a regular contributor to my other podcast, The Ready Room. So people can also listen to The Ready Room and, and hear your voice quite a bit. Uh, Catherine, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on the Twitters under my newly refurbished handle of Hawkeye Poet, no underscore. Yes, thank you. Hawkeye poet. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hawkeye, as in a past tense. Yes. yes. Exactly. Right. Not Hawkeye the poet or anything of that, <laughs> that nature. Although I'd really actually kind of love to see him scribbling some verse down. All right. And I can be found on Twitter at Greg Harbin. That's J-E-G-H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N. All right. Thank you for joining us. meeting adjourned.